0: And use code J10 at checkout for 10% off any herbal supplements through June 30. Terms apply. You deserve a moment to yourself
1: every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandy's. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Monday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler
2: Sandy's. The majority of the way that you talk to yourself is the way your parents talk to you. So if you don't first recognize that, you're going to have a really hard time understanding how to get out of Whatever you're in. Now, if you had great parents that were super patient and loving and kind and empathetic and didn't, you know, jump at you but held firm boundaries and, you know, all that stuff, there's chances, chances are you have really good, healthy self talk. And good on you. Me, not so much. Hey everyone,
0: welcome back to On Purpose, the number one health podcast in the world. Thanks to each and every one of you that come back every week to listen, learn and grow. Now, I'm super grateful when we get to have a guest on twice. There's not been many, many people that have done that on On Purpose where... Great at finding a diversity of guests, but there are some people that just blow your mind. You love them. I know that the community responds incredibly well to them. And on top of all of that, I love an opportunity to get to sit down with them and talk about what they're up to, what's been on their mind, what they've been studying, reflecting, thinking about. Now, today's guest is someone who came on a couple of years ago and blew our minds. His name and someone that you all know is called Zachary Levi, one of the most versatile actors in Hollywood with critically acclaimed roles in TV, film, and on Broadway. Zach's career catapulted as the lead and fan favorite Chuck in the hit NBC series. And Zach demonstrated his range as a Tony Award nominee for best actor In a musical in She Loves Me. His impressive vocals landed him a leading role in the Disney Academy Award nominated Best Original Song and the list goes on and on. I recently saw him in American Underdog which I absolutely loved. Shazam was the reason he was on last time. But right now what Zach's done is that he has created and written his first ever book. And today we're going to get to dive into it. We're going to have it in the caption so you can order it right away. You're going to find it in the links. I'm so excited to talk to my dear friend, an awesome human being, about his new book, Radical Love, Learning to Accept Yourself and Others, Something We All Need to Do. Zach, thank you so much for being on On Purpose. It's so great to be with you.
2: So happy to be back. So happy to see your face even if it's virtually, like I said, I really I wanna hug your neck and see you in person, but this will do for now. Yeah. Thank you, man.
0: No, I appreciate you, man. And I, I meant it. Like last time you came on, there was just this beautiful energy in the room. I remember you were like sweating buckets as well. <laughs> well, it was warm. You, you
2: the studio was pretty warm. That studio
0: there. was too it was our old studio. We're in studio 3.0 now. This is this is the new studio. That studio was not well ventilated. Sack was very passionate. I didn't know how to stop him to offer him anything because he was so in tune and aligned. And I was like, I guess we just have to like sweat together. Anyway, for you to write a book, I mean, you could have written many things. You could have written a full autobiography. You could have written about your experiences, which you do, of course, in the book in a deep way. But you chose to write a book that isn't your name, that isn't, you know, uh, how you view your career, It's about life, and you called it radical love. Can you explain to me what radical love looks like is? Because I think love is one of the most underdefined, misunderstood words in the world already, and radical love is taking us in a different direction.
2: Radical love, what does that mean? In some ways, it's not a great title, because I think it's a little redundant. I think that love itself is radical. When we are practicing actual, true, deep, empathetic love, it is a radical concept. In fact, I think what most people would point to, oh yeah, it's like when I have warm feelings about someone or have warm feelings about myself. I love myself if I have warm feelings about myself or about other people. We've all been kind of programmed with these very romanticized ideas of love and marriage and relationships. I don't think that has anything really to do with the warm fuzzies. I think that it is a recognition of the divinity, the miracle that is another human being, regardless of who that human being is. To love who loves you, is that's, that's patty cake, that's babies, that's, the, you know, that's the child's play. To love is to love those who hate you, that you even have these feelings of disagreement or, or anger with or whatever, to love your enemy, to pray for your persecutor, that is love. And that's the kind of love that's to me, radical love. Again, I say radical because it's radical compared to what most other people's ideas of love is, but really it's just love. That's actually what love is. It's being able to look at whoever is across the aisle of a different political spectrum, a different sex, race, faith, country to country, people group to people group. We are so divided. I mean, our, the United States is a, really sad example of how much division. I mean, we're just straight down the middle on, on almost every, you know, hot topic. We cannot look across the aisle and say, I completely disagree with you. I th- in fact, I think that what you're standing for can be very problematic in this world. And yet, I still love you. I still think that the reason why you think the things that you think is not because you're evil. It's not because you're somehow this broken, bad person It's because you are a product of your environment in the same way that I am a product of my environment. In order to embrace and love myself, I have to first accept that I am a product of the parenting that I received. It's not my fault that I struggle with the things that I struggle with. In order to forgive ourselves, which we all need to do, we have to recognize that we're doing the best that we can with the tools that have been afforded to us at that point in our lives. And that is the reality. That is the truth. So until we can come to that place as individuals, with ourselves, with other individuals, you know, just in our own lives, and then collectively as a people group, we're just going to keep fighting and fighting and going over this, this horrible, vicious cycle all the way to the bottom. If we want a better future, we need to be working on more than just saving the environment. Obviously, we want to we want the world to survive, but what what good is a world to live in if we all hate each other in that future? That is not a future that any of us want to be living in. So... That to me is, is kind of, you know, what radical love I think stands for. It's ra- to radically accept, radically forgive, and radically love whomever is across the aisle. And that is, I understand, a very difficult concept for a lot of people to wrap their head around because we look at someone doing a bad thing and our initial gut instinct is bad, evil, wrong, monster. We point the fingers and point the fingers and point the fingers. Now, our the actions that this person are doing are those sometimes monstrous, villainous, evil absolutely but there's still a 5-year-old child in them that came into this world and had nothing but optimism, nothing but potential, nothing but openness, nothing but love and then the way that the world ultimately mis you know misform misfigured them in their heart, in their mind, in their psyche That is what we have to be paying more attention to and recognizing and then applying an empathy to this person. It is not excusing the evil act. It is instead trying to apply love to those who are doing the evil act because only then can we redeem those people. I mean, and this is happening on a regular basis. People go to prisons all the time. There are groups of people that see murderers on death row, and yet they can still see the human being in them. They say, listen, I... What you did was wrong and you're on death row because of what you did. But I am not going to give up on you and the redemption of who you can be in your soul because I see that... X, Y, or Z. I saw that you were raised in this type of an environment. You were abused as a child. Your father beat you and put cigarettes out on you. You watched your father or mother or or cousin kill someone else. You saw that as a sign of survival. You didn't have enough money to buy food for your family. So you started to steal. And then in order to steal, you needed to protect yourself, you thought. And so you carried a gun. And then somebody tried to stop you from stealing. And you went and shot them. And now you're a murderer. Now, none of that excuses the murder. But all of it explains why that murder ended up happening. And if we can do that, and this is where I think Christ was really trying to get to the heart of it. He's like, hey, there is none righteous, not one. There's not one person on this planet that can actually stand above everyone else and cast the stones. He is who is without sin, cast the first stone. Everyone's like dropping the stone. Like, oh, that's not me. That's not you. That's not anybody. You know, and yes, we could probably sit here and hash up like, well, what's a more egregious sin? But they're all sin at the end of the day. They're all things that we're all falling short of treating each other as the divine miracle that we are. And, and people ask me, what about people who don't believe in a spiritual plane or God or whatever? You know, how do you explain to them that they're a miracle? Very easily. We are a mathematical improbability. This planet that it even exists, that we are a perfect distance away from the sun so that we don't freeze and we don't boil, that we have a moon that is the perfect distance away from us that allows all of our, literally the systems like gravity to even, you know, the, the, the tides to go in and out. And that we have been as human beings, we've been searching the universe ever since we had the capability. We have been searching the universe, trying to find life anywhere else, and we can't find it and we haven't found it. Now, Even if there is other life in the universe, we're still a miracle that this place exists. It's still a mathematical miracle. So even if you don't believe in God, even if you have no spiritual proclivity or, you know, whatever, you can still count yourself as a miracle. And if we can do that, if we can start seeing each other as miracles, if we can see that every blade of grass, every squirrel, every dog, every tree, every everything, anything that possesses actual life, we can create everything else. We can make more computers. We can make more phones. We can make more whatever we need to make. And yes, we can also create more life. We do that on a regular basis. But each one of those lives is unique. Every single one of us comes with a uniqueness that, uh, you know, making another Audi doesn't necessarily come with a uniqueness, you know. We are a miracle. That is what I'm trying to drive to people in this. Well, one of the things I'm trying to drive to people in the book, because I really think that if we can wrap our heads around that, if we can change our perspective and we can start seeing each other, even the evil you know, even the bad, even the monsters, even all these people and say, okay, yes, they are doing bad, but they started, they they were initially, they had all of the promise. And let's have a little empathy with that. Let's have a little grace. Let's have a little bit more patience. Let's hold them accountable. And I think that's one of the big disconnects that people have. They're afraid that if we start to give people even a little bit of grace, well, now we're condoning their behavior. No, no, no. You can, you can love and not like <laughs> that's that's another thing i try to get to in the book loving is not just this warm feeling it's not just like times a hundred like is to like to love is to just accept the divinity accept the miracle that is across from you anyway that there's there's a rant for you <laughs> Zach.
0: that is there is so much to unpack the first thing was this difference in responsibility and fault and when it comes to accepting ourselves i think the reason why we struggle to accept ourselves is because we think that means i have to think it's my fault and when it becomes my fault now i become depressed by that idea it's disempowering it brings me down whereas as zach said when you actually go Well it's not my fault but it is my responsibility. That's empowering. It gives you a sense of choice and direction and design. Like you said our choices today are impacted by the decisions that were made for us when we couldn't make choices or when we didn't have the choice and so that's the part that's not our fault but now as we get wiser and older and more mature and more experienced, we now can take that responsibility. So I thought that was a a really clear concept. The second thing that I wanted to unpack from what you said, which is really special, was the difference between excluding and explaining. So you were talking about how someone's actions don't exclude them for what's coming for them, but really we need to seek the explanation, we need to understand how they got there. It's the, the context, the complexity, it's it's one of the reasons why I really appreciate... It's the why. It's the why, it's the why. It's, it's one of the reasons why I appreciated uh, the movie The Joker because to me looking at a very fictional character of course... But you start to recognize that even this villain that we have hated or disliked for so many years has a backstory. And often we tell our heroes backstories and origin stories, but we don't tell the villains backstories or origin stories. Running a business is never easy. You might need to oversee a lot of different areas and it can be difficult to manage if you don't have it in one place. Good thing there's NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud ERP, the business software that grows as fast as you. NetSuite is a software company that has developed a cloud-based business management platform used by more than 31,000 fast-growing organizations across the globe. The platform consists of a suite of applications that help companies run their business, understand the performance of their businesses, and drive major efficiency gains and cost savings. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. Right now, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program, so graduating has never been easier. Head to netsuite.com forward slash j right now. That's special financing at netsuite.com forward slash j. That's netsuite.com forward slash j. Did you find any subscriptions you forgot about or any you paid for twice and didn't realize it? I personally experienced this where I received an email that said I paid for a subscription for an app I'm not even using anymore. Did you know nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had only about 5 subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for 8 subscriptions each month Between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it's never-ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. And I love that I have full control over all my subscriptions and I can see it in one place. So if I see something I don't want anymore, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com forward slash J. That's rocketmoney.com forward slash J. rocketmoney.com forward slash J.
1: linkedin the place to be to be
0: today healthier is happening at cvs health in more ways than you've ever seen it's wellness destinations for seniors including select locations with oak street health and cvs pharmacy it's doctors nurses pharmacists and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person and on the phone it's in-home evaluations through signify health and meeting mental health needs through atna And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com forward slash Healthier Happens Together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Atna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And there's a lot to be gained from that because, yes, Nothing is excluded, everyone should be held accountable, people should not be allowed to get away with things. But we might be able to reduce this happening in the future if we were to learn how these people are made. And talking about your Audi example, it actually does align because if you and I got an Audi on the same day and it was the same model, but you treated yours badly and I treated mine well, in 10 years time, you're gonna see the exact same difference and that uniqueness is gonna be made by how it's treated. So I just wanted to unpack that for everyone because I think you shared such a breadth of insight there. And, and I just wanted to pick at a few of those things. So,
2: I love that you brought up The Joker because that movie, I was so grateful that it was made because it to me was one of the most important movies I had ever seen that dealt with mental health. I was like, how it it took a a DC and, you know, I love that it's DC too, because that's my family. But, you know, it took DC making this movie about this villain to really highlight the incredibly powerful effects of trauma, like real horrible trauma and what that does to a human being. There's that saying, every villain is the hero of their own story, right? Or everyone is the hero of their own story, including villains. And... One of the coolest things about being an actor is that it's very much based on empathy. You know, the whole idea is that you are looking at something that is outside of you, a character, a a, a person, and you're trying to understand them so that you can bring them to life in an honest way. Now, if you're playing a quote-unquote bad guy, well, guess what? Bad guys don't think they're bad guys. Bad guys think that they're doing the right thing, whatever that is. Now, it might be super twisted. It might, it might come from all the wrong places, but their logic has brought them to there because of whatever traumas they've experienced prior to that. There are not a lot of people doing bad in the world that are sitting around twisting their proverbial mustache and being like, ooh, I can't wait to do these bad things. No, it's very hard for us to wrap our head around. But that is the truth. In order to understand why people are doing what they're doing, which is what we, like you're saying, we have to get to the bottom of it. It does not excuse... It explains. Excusing, explaining. And to explain builds empathy. It helps us to understand why people do what they do and therefore helps us to hopefully condition them away from doing those things if we can find them early enough. Instead of, you know, let's say you meet somebody and you know that they're about to or thinking about doing this horrible thing. Now, the knee-jerk reaction is, oh my God, they're a monster. I can't believe it. I can't, no, 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 no. As opposed to, oh, you are hurting inside. Let's sit down. Let me be a conduit of love in your life, so that you don't feel the necessity to go do these, you know, what if people saw that and said, oh, man, you know what? I think this guy might be very close to going and doing something really bad. And why? Oh, because, well, look how he's treated at school. Look how he's treated at home. Look how he's treated online. They're constantly online, and they're finding themselves rejected even by strangers on the internet. They go on Instagram, and they're constantly comparing themselves to the beautiful, perfect lives of everyone there. Comparison is not just the thief of joy. Comparison is literally destroying people's mental health. We have got to be able to get in there, hopefully early, before the bad things happen, but then Afterwards, also, we have got to be willing to allow ourselves to be angry, to be frustrated, to be sad, to be all of the things, but then still not allow ourselves to be the dehumanizer. The more we dehumanize all those that are struggling and doing bad things in the world, the more we dehumanize ourselves. We are all cut from the same miraculous cloth. Some of us are just in conditioning that makes them very troubled and doing very horrible things. But again, there are people that go to prisons now that are going and seeing the human being, even in the murderer and saying, I refuse to believe that you are a monster. Instead, I will hold you accountable. We will all hold you accountable because that was not what you should have done. But I will still try to do my best to see the human in you because before you leave this earth, you should feel that. You should know that. And I think that if we do that, we infuse that kind of love There'll be less and less and less and less and less of this that we ever need to deal with because people will ultimately be more healed and more whole. And that's why I think that if we can get to everyone, if we can heal every head, every, every, every heart and every mind in this world, all of our other problems go away. These are the source of all of the rest of the issues, of all the murder, of all the rape, of all the uh, theft, of all the wars, of all of the greed, the amount of greed that is killing this world right now, all of the CEOs and, and leaders of industry that all value profit over people, that all value money over what that money is ultimately doing to this world, to the planet, to the animals and the and the the, the life in it. and And we all just kind of rationalize it. We all say, yeah, but you know, I mean, everybody needs to make money. So I guess, I don't know. No, those people, the reason why we all do this is because we are all still afraid that if we don't have enough, we are not enough. And that is one of the greatest lies. And the CEOs that get to the tops of these companies, though, if we can get to them instead of what so many people want to do, which is, dehumanize and vilify them and say, you're the 1% and you don't care. Maybe, maybe all that is somewhat true on some level, but guess what? They're still also a child of God. They are also still a divine, miraculous life. And I guarantee that if we want to actually help them to change their ways, pointing fingers and yelling at them is not the way to do it. If we want to actually change their hearts, we've got to we've got to lead with love. We've got to go to the Jeff Bezos of the world. And this is hard because I really have big problems with people like, you know, like it's like, dude, you have all the money in the world. Why wh- Where's all the altruism? Why can't we give back? Like you can't take it with you. You know, one, one of my favorite quotes, you, you don't see a U-Haul in the back of a hearse. Your grave is it. That's all, you know? Now, d- d- some of these people, I think they think, well, but I'll be remembered as one of the richest people in the world. No, you won't. Not a not hundred years from now, not 200 years from now, not a thousand years from now. There are emperors that were ruling over massive empires that, had, that commanded millions and millions of lives that could literally kill a person in front of God and everyone and do it scot-free. Nothing would happen to them at all. Do you know all of their names? Because I don't. I don't know all of these people. Nobody does. They're all forgotten. They're all forgotten in the annals of history. Very few of them ever get written down. And if they are written down, it's a little footnote. It's like, oh yeah, and that person existed. But nothing of really any value. They're not looked at as like, oh, these were the great people of the world. They're not, if they're even remembered at all. So if we can get to the ultra, you know, the ultra wealthy of the world, these leaders of industry and say, hey, 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 listen, there's nothing wrong with going and taking care of yourself, you and yours, and making money, fine, go do it. But don't do it at the expense of other people's lives. Don't do it at the expense of your entire workforce. Don't do it at the expense of the environment. Don't do it at the expense of this miracle of a world that we have. But we can't do that through hate. We can't hate our way to a better future. We can only love our way there. That is the bottom line. And so, and that, and it takes this radical love. We struggle as
0: human beings to allow two things to exist at one time. So the idea, as you said, is you can love someone but not like what they do. That's allowing two opposite, separate ideas to exist at the same time. Or the idea that I disagree with this person but I have to connect with them and communicate with them in a way that will help them shift. And I may have to be more patient. It may take longer. But guess what if it takes me longer it will probably last longer as well i if you shout at someone they may change their behavior right now but they'll go back to doing what they were doing a few moments later just like you do with a child like if if you shout at a child and it may stop playing the video game or whatever it is because it's scared but then a few moments later it still wants to play the video game whereas if a child is engaged with and connected with and communicated with and, educated in what may be a better use of its time it it just starts to transform and that requires love and it requires empathy and it requires patience and i think because we've never received that ourselves we find it so hard to go out there and give it to others i mean in the first section of your book the first chapter you call it stop running when when we bring this back because we've talked a lot about like the most big extreme global macro issues of how this Idea cascades across the world, but when we look at it, as you said at the start like it starts from us, and so what do you think Zach? what are we running from and what are we running towards, or are we just running
2: nowhere? you know in my case, and I think this is the case probably for a lot of people, but in my case, it was running from the pain and I didn't even know it i mean that's you know that's that's part of the tricky thing about this, you know like you can give somebody advice that absolutely applies to their life. But if they don't recognize that they're doing that thing, they think, no, I'm good. I mean, for so long in my life, I had been given certain pieces of advice, like maybe do this or maybe do that. But in my mind, I was I was cool. I was like, I get that for somebody else. But for me, I'm I'm okay. I didn't realize until I had this massive breakdown that I had been running away from so much of what I had been trying to survive. And I do think that's pretty applicable to most people. You know, as a child, your ego is essential. It is your survival suit. It is your it is your life raft. It, it is the thing that protects you from all of the trauma that you experience. I mean, it's a thing that you know, particularly like, um not particularly, but using again, an extreme example, there are people that are able to disassociate from themselves when they are sexually abused as children, because how else is a child supposed to process that? So many of these cases, the ego steps in, the ego is there to protect the psyche. And it says, you're not here right now. You're good. You're not here right now. You're somewhere else. This isn't really you. And then that child learns how to now disassociate. Well, that was great for them. But that becomes a massive problem later on in life if you don't ultimately heal from that, if you don't learn that that's what you're doing and heal from that. So the ego ultimately is this incredible gift, but that becomes an incredible hindrance. It becomes an incredible weight on us. You know, in the, in the book I talk about, it's almost like this exoskeleton or this, you know, uh, suit of armor. It's this incredible thing. You're walking around and people are swinging clubs and things at you and, it's, and the armor's taking all the hits but the armor is getting dented and chinked and cut up. And, you know, so you end up walking around by the time you're 35 years old. If you're still depending on this suit of armor, you don't realize how malformed you are. You think you're walking smooth and straight, but you're really with a limp and you're doing this all because you're stuck in this contorted armor. And that armor is only supposed to service up to that point. And then, you know, we, we can argue or argue a debate about, you know, some people, you know, they like to use wording like, you know, death to the ego or kill the ego. And other people are like, no, befriend the ego or whatever that is. However you want to word it, I think at the end of the day, it's something that we all need to realize is a beautiful necessity in our lives as we are children, particularly. And then eventually it does not serve us in a, the positive way that it once did. And ultimately being grateful for it but allowing it to not be the armor that we need anymore because we are doing the work on healing ourselves and enlightening ourselves so that when things do come at us, we're able to evade. We're able to, you know, judo them by us. We're not just hitting, they're not hitting us anymore because we're, ma- we're now more mature in our thought process and in our field.
0: Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Ah, summer. We have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or take your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. After all, we all agree that food just tastes better when you're outside, right? Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. I've got to say, herbs have been a game changer in my wellness routine, all thanks to my Indian upbringing. My mum was the one who got me started on them way back when. I've seen how they can do wonders for both body and the mind. One of my favorites is ashwagandha, which is an adaptogenic herb that helps reduce stress. I usually take it in the morning with my breakfast and it helps me stay cool, calm, and collected throughout the day. Our sponsor, Nature's Way, has ashwagandha as well as herbs like St. John's wort and holy basil that provide mood and stress support. They have over 50 years of experience sourcing herbs from all over the world in the continents and climates where they grow best. Nature's Way rigorously tests every batch of herbs for potency and purity in their state-of-the-art lab. To learn more, visit naturesway.com forward slash herbs. And use code J10 at checkout for 10% off any herbal supplements. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through June
2: 30th. I was constantly running because I was constantly trying to survive. As a child, I didn't realize just how traumatic it was. To me, you know, like if you're growing up in chaos, you just kind of assume that's normal. The, the, the standard is what it is. If you don't grow up in chaos, you assume that's normal. Now, I thought when I would go to normal, you know, friends' homes and things, I just assumed, well, people are putting on airs or they're putting on appearances. But when I'm not here, it gets crazy like it gets crazy at my house. Not realizing that I was really in a massive, massive survival mode. I mean, my sympathetic nervous system, even to this day, I mean, it's something that I have to work on very constantly because we want to be in our parasympathetic. We want to be in a relaxed, rest-and-digest in a mode most of the time. We don't want to be in this, again, incredible gift that our bodies were given, which is the sympathetic, which is to survive, which is to run away from the saber-toothed tiger, which is to not be killed by a trampling uh, elephant or, or you know, go running and a- going and running after an antelope to go hunt it and bring it back to your camp. These are all things that we are, that our bodies evolutionarily have these beautiful, amazing gifts. But, they're constantly activated now almost more than ever because survival is no longer running away from the beast or chasing the thing to hunt or getting out of, you know, uh, the elements. We all have a roof, not all of us, but a lot of the world, uh, more than ever before in human history, have some kind of a roof over their head, some kind of clothes on their back, some kind of food in their stomach. And survival has now become money because money can pay for all of those things. And so our pursuit, all of our collective pursuit for more of this is keeping us all engaged in this ah, survival mode. And I was running from all of that, trying to survive, and then running to where do I find my worth? Where do I find my identity? Where do I find these other things that ultimately give me this purpose and this worth? And how do I survive now in this other world? So that's what I ran from and that's where I ran to. And ultimately, all of that is really unhealthy because you need to be able to just sit with yourself and recognize that nothing gives you worth or value outside of the fact that you are that you are here the fact that you are alive means that you are a miracle if that alone if we could get people to the point of, of recognizing that holy crap that should be enough hopefully to be able to say i love myself i'm i can't believe it. what a what a lucky thing that i got poof, i'm here i'm i'm in this existence that will hopefully help us to stop running from things and sit and be present
0: i think the challenge i see that people have as you address in this book and that's why i I really appreciate what you've done with this book like zach talks about like how to get help how to be open how to share your story right like the book is a systematic approach in the journey that that we're talking about in this very macro way today because the book lays out the steps that you have to take so if anyone's listening to us right now and going like that's what i want to do that's what i want to figure out the book actually walks you through that journey. And Zach, I want to ask you this question because I feel like that journey, as you said at the beginning, to radical love often feels so far away because we haven't been trained that way. We haven't experienced that. We didn't see that. We didn't have access to that growing up. What's the first step? If radical love is the step, what's the first step? in that journey that people could take today tomorrow this year in their life that makes them feel like they're on that journey because what we both also know is that if you try and imitate radical love or if you try and pretend to practice radical love that can actually be detrimental to yourself and others because it's
2: just it's not real right so i want to hear about that from you inauthentic anything is the opposite of the thing so if we're trying to put on love, if it's not authentic, it's not love, particularly love. There's a, there are actually some other things that you could do a proxy version of that you can, maybe you're not totally screwing things up. But if you are, if you think you're providing love, if you're loving, you think you're, you're loving yourself. I mean, like my like my own journey. I thought I was loving myself, but that was inauthentic love because I was still berating myself. I, unbeknownst to me, I was still, all my self-talk was, the same self-talk that was the same talk that I got from my parents. My parents, the majority of the way that you talk to yourself is the way your parents talk to you. So if you don't first recognize that you're going to have a really hard time understanding how to get out of whatever you're in. Now, if you had great parents that were super patient and loving and kind and empathetic and didn't, you know, jump at you, but held firm boundaries and you know, all that stuff, there's chances. Chances are you have really good, healthy self-talk and good on you. Me, not so much i had i didn't I didn't know that, and then I figured it out, and I still work on it, but it's a thing that you know now that I'm aware of the traps that I fall into, now i'm able to go, oh oh, oh Zach, you're doing it again, you're doing that thing, and you know this is how you f- end up winding yourself back down so but going back to your question, what is the first step? The first step has got to be recognizing that you have a problem right like that is that's the, the age old, that's the adage. You know, The, the first step in fixing a problem is, is recognizing that you have a problem. Now, that can be very difficult for people. You can't force people to do that. That's got to be something that comes because they recognize the necessity. Now, in my case, I had a complete mental breakdown. And so I knew, I don't know what else to do. Clearly, I have a problem if I don't want to live anymore. So I have got to go try and figure that out. Now, that was step one. Step two. Now, by the way, Not everybody has to come to that dire of a conclusion. Hopefully, nobody does. Hopefully, we're able to recognize these things far earlier in life. Beyond that, the step is you got to talk. You got to talk about it. You got to start with one of your closest friends or closest friends. Start with your family if they're the closest to you. Get some of it out. Say, I am struggling. I don't know what I'm struggling with. I'm embarrassed, whatever. Guess what? There's no reason to be embarrassed, there's no reason to be scared, because everybody, everyone, without fail, there's not one person on this earth that hasn't dealt with, even the best parented people, still deal with some form of stress, anxiety, depression, you name it, there is something there. So everyone can relate to this ultimately. We're all afraid, it's getting better, which is great, It's getting less stigmatized as the more we do things like this and talk about it. But everyone still has these reservations and fears because nobody wants to feel like they're broken. Nobody wants to feel like everybody else is good, but I'm somehow struggling and I don't know how. And we all feel like we're uniquely broken. We feel like, well, clearly no one has felt the way that I feel. No one has gone through this exact thing. And I am here to say that is also a lie because the world is really, really old and there have been billions and billions of people who have lived on this earth and even if they lived in a completely different time, guess what? They have still struggled with the exact same problems. Slightly different details, exact same problems. So talking about it, getting it out, you have got to acknowledge that there's a problem, talk about that, but immediately, as soon as you can, go to a professional. Don't don't have your friends and family Don't allow them to be this uh, kind of end all of where you get your advice and your wisdom. Because as try as they might, they all have bias. They all have agenda. Even bias and agenda that they're unaware of. Not even bias and agenda like, well, I'm going to take advantage of this. Like, hey, I have a certain idea of who I think you ought to be. So I'm going to give you advice when it comes to directing you in that way. Whereas a disinterested, unbiased, unagended third party... I mean, I guess the only uh, bias or agenda they would have, a professional therapist, is that they get paid to do it. So I suppose you could say that. But outside of that, I mean, and they should because it's a service, it's a job. And by the way, it's one of the most valuable. So it's so worth the money, although I do think all of that needs to be worked out too. That Really, I'm, I'm hoping that we can keep pushing toward getting mental health services and information and education to people on much more reduced rates, if not entirely free. I wish that there were clinic, clinics that people could just walk into right off the street and be like, hey, I'm struggling. I need to talk to somebody. I need somebody to just kind of like help click this, this back into reality. What a beautiful world that will be. But until that day, very worth whatever, uh, you know, the, the money, um, uh, I believe, of an investment in yourself. So that's the first step, I really truly believe. You gotta gotta acknowledge it, you gotta talk about it. And then within that, now you have someone who is guiding you to the various other steps because the other steps, though some of them are kind of universal, some of them are not. Not every every, uh, person needs to do X and not every person needs to do Y. And even the people that need to do both don't necessarily have to do them or should do them in that order. You know, it all depends on what your particular personal journey has been in your life with your traumas, how they came about, how they're manifesting in your life right now, how you happen to be struggling or not struggling with them or don't think you're struggling with them. You know, all of that can really, you know, with a, a licensed professional, somebody who really understands these things, who has studied this stuff, they can guide you through the rest. But So that that's what I would tell anybody out there do yourself the service and the favor go love yourself first and foremost by investing in a a therapist and being able to talk about and just get out what it is you need to talk about
0: i love that zach i mean i'm sure everyone can hear your passion your drive the amount of like and it was the same last time like even last time i remember there was this one clip we had and you just went empathy 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 and you said empathy like 30 times And even today, I've heard you say radical love, you know, and it's the message you're asking us to do is hard, but necessary. It's challenging, but real. It's pushing us because that's the only way we get to our truest selves. And and you can see that in you that it's a it's a plea, like you're almost pleading, pleading with us to say, please do this. You know, it's not even it's not a direction it's not preaching it's not pushing it's pleading uh and i just want to say thank you to you for your energy for the time to put this book together for just just your ability to speak the truth so emphatically and you know with so much with so much not confidence that's that's actually an understatement but but with depth right there's there's a real depth behind these thoughts and i i appreciate you man i really do because it's it's so much harder to talk about the things that you're choosing to talk about uh, than than the softer version of a lot of these ideas. So I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. Uh, I'm recommending to everyone, please, please, please go and grab a copy of the book, Radical Love, Learning to Accept Yourself and Others. Like I said today, Zach's taking us on a journey of really understanding the concepts and ideas as these big principles, but the book really goes into his journey, his story, the experiences he went to to be on the brink of that position of breaking down and falling apart, and then guides you through this step-to-step journey, whether it's overcoming your ego, whether it's loving yourself. So please do go and grab a copy of Radical Love. Uh, zach i'm grateful i can't wait to catch up with you hang out with you i i, I miss you yes, and uh yes I'm, I'm wishing you all the best for the book tour i hope it goes exceptionally well uh and and i'm really excited to reconnect man thank you so much
2: thank you thank you bless you i uh, love and appreciate you so much and uh i hope that i get to see uh you and your uh wonderful wife uh, in la or wherever we get to connect somewhere in the world
0: absolutely thank you man have a wonderful evening thank you for doing this at your time i'm sure it's pretty late there
2: too so Nah, I'm good, totally worth it. Great seeing you. Thank you.
0: I'm a huge planner. So whenever my wife Radhi and I would go on our adventures, And use code J10 at checkout for 10% off any herbal supplements through June 30. Terms apply.
1: Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living.